WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good Friday morning, Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the latest from the tropics. We'll have it for you in one minute. And the latest reaction to the Democratic debate last night. I'll talk, we'll talk to you, and more next. 601 on News Radio 93.1. A tropical disturbance moving slowly northwestward over the central Bahamas is on a track taking it toward the Florida Peninsula. AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley says further development is expected. This is expected to become a tropical storm as we head into Friday night through tonight into tomorrow morning. So definitely um, some strengthening expected here over the next uh, couple of days. Forecasters at the National Hurricane Center say the system could become a tropical storm and be on or along Florida's east coast in the next day or so. A tropical storm watch is now posted from Jupiter Inlet north to the Volusia-Flagler County line. Here's the important question, though. Did he say the words hunker down? No. Okay, good. Uh, that makes me feel a little bit better. And we're going to talk, sure. talk live to Isaac a little later on this morning. Yes, at 7, 10 a.m. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. At least one Democratic presidential candidate is going to take away your guns, at least the big ones, at last night's debate in Houston, televised on ABC, Beto O'Rourke said he supports a mandatory federal buyback of assault weapons. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Meanwhile, Julian Castro and Joe Biden got into it over health care, with Castro seeming to question Biden's memory. My plan would do that, your plan would they not. They do not have to buy in. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. to buy in. If she qualifies for Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? All of the Democratic presidential candidates agreed on at least one issue. They all promised to fight climate change. By the way, they did a fact check on Castro there, and apparently Castro was wrong. Hmm. And Biden was actually right. Oops. So Castro was kind of saying, oh, Biden's old and forgetful. And apparently he wasn't. But I, I still think Biden did not have a very good night. We'll talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. All right, Mike. Recent vaping-related deaths in other parts of the country could lead to new laws here in Florida. State Representative Jackie Toledo is introducing a bill to raise the age for buying vaping and tobacco products in Florida to 21. This is about saving lives, plain and simple. It's about protecting our children. Her bill would also ban flavored vaping products. The Tampa Republican points to statistics showing one in four Florida high school students report using e-cigarettes. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Two justices from the Florida Supreme Court are in line for a promotion. President Trump nominating Justices Barbara Lagoa and Robert Luck to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta. They were just named to the Supreme Court here in Florida by Governor Ron DeSantis earlier this year. One of Florida's NFL teams finally has a win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers bolt past an NFC South foe. They're sitting at the 20, maybe just outside. Winston to the end zone. 
zone for Godwin and a touchdown. Joe Buck there on NFL Network. Jameis Winston connects with Chris Godwin for a 20-yard touchdown pass. Godwin with eight catches, 121 receiving yards as the Bucks beat the Carolina Panthers 20-14. to Winston throwing for 208 yards in a win that ends a 12-game road losing streak for the Tampa Bay QB. And this game needed a roughly half-hour delay due to inclement weather. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. And I didn't get to watch the game because I was watching the other game that we call a Democratic debate. But uh, I'm glad to see the Bucks win. I heard Winston played pretty well. Well, he did not throw in any interceptions. Yeah, we call okay, that well, good. You know, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. He threw three in the first game, two for pick sixes. So yeah. he eliminated the turnovers at least. WFLA News Time is 6.05. A Connecticut man's hilarious obituary goes viral. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Yes, welcome to the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe, joined by Alan Spector, who will be giving us the news, of course, and more, and elsewhere later on. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> Melissa Fox is here so. producing today, and Kelly is screening your calls, 407-916-5400. You can also text to 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Where's Bud? Whereas, but what what happened is he was so distraught that Tulsi Gabbard wasn't in the debate. You know, that that's his girl. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't even want to watch the debate. I don't even want to show up the next day. It's not even worth it if Tulsi Gabbard's not in it. I understand he's so upset he won't even be here Monday either. <laughs> I was going there. Yep. Exactly right. Uh, no, bud, just had a couple days off. You will be back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I want to take your calls on the debate, of course. We'll get my take on the debate. I think we can all agree one criticism is um, it was too long. Three hours. That That's a Lord of the Rings movie. Mm-hmm. If you want an idea of how long this debate is. But we, we're going to recap some of it. In fact, we have a montage here right now. Some highlights from the Democratic debate last night. I think the Obamacare worked. I think the way in which we add to it, replace everything that's been cut, add a public option, guarantee that everyone will be able to have affordable assurance. We all owe a huge debt to President Obama, who fundamentally transformed healthcare in America and committed this country to healthcare for every human being. And now the question is, how best can we improve on it? And I believe the best way we can do that is we make sure that everybody gets covered by health care at the lowest possible cost. I, who wrote the damn bill, if I may say so, <laughs> intend to eliminate all out-of-pocket expenses, all deductibles, all co-payments. I think we do have to go far beyond tinkering with the ACA. I propose Medicare for all who want it. Things got a little heated when they were talking about health care. We're going to talk about that more. I have some opinions on that. And I didn't realize Oprah was running for president. I'll tell you what I mean by that coming up in just a moment. I th- uh, Mike, I think the big takeaway is that... Uh, Bernie Sanders needed to clear his throat. (laughs) We'll have an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is 6.08. 
612 on Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here's the first top story for you. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee is promising more investigations of President Trump in the coming weeks. New York Democrat Jerry Nadler told reporters yesterday that it's the next step in a process that could lead to impeachment. Nadler's comments come after his committee approved rules governing possible impeachment. We're going to talk with our national correspondent on that. More on that in the next half hour. And of course, we update the top stories every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 Watt Front Forge. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yes, this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. You can follow me on Twitter at PMOWFLA. I call it that because I host PM Orlando on this station Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. We'll talk about reaction to the debate tonight. And right now we're talking about the Democrat debate. And in the tease there just a minute ago, I said, you know, I don't think we need a wall anymore to keep out illegal immigrants. You might say, what are you, what are you talking about? Of course we need a wall. No, all I think we need to do is send tapes of the Democrat debate to Mexico or Central America and the illegal immigrants will realize they'll, they'll just hate this country so much that they won't want to come here. Right. So the, not only will they be bored to tears for three yeah. some hours, they'll fall asleep before. <laughs> right. But they'll be like, <laughs> they oh, I no one to come. No, no. Oh, Turn my around. gosh. America sounds like an awful place, according to these Democrats. <laughs> I mean, every word, I understand that in a debate you have to talk about problems. But every word was, this is broken. America's racist. The criminal justice system is racist and broken. People can't get health care. People are dying of shootings. Yada, yada. I'm like, wow, America just seems like a terrible place. I don't know why the illegal immigrants want to come here. Just send them tapes of these debates and they won't want to come. Except one part, though. When Andrew Yang first spoke... He, you know, he's not doing too well in the polls. He's okay. But businessman Andrew Yang in his opening statement had an idea to get more people to vote for him. Here's what he said. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families. Someone watching this at home right now. If you believe that you can solve your own problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com and tell us how $1,000 a month will help you do just that. So I had no idea that Oprah was actually running for president because <laughs> you get it. That's what it sounded like. You get $1,000. You get $1,000. I mean, we talk about politicians throwing money at the voters to get votes. Andrew Yang's literally doing that. Look, he said campaign. Earlier we discussed this off air, Michael, yeah. and you and I were like, oh, he means he's going to come out of pocket. But if he's using campaign funds to buy these votes, then we have a little issue. Yeah, I don't know what the, the rules are on that or the laws are on that, but Pretty it sure. does sound kind of fishy. Yeah. You would think he would know that ahead of time, but I don't know. I mean, it's just... It's amazing, though. You talk about politicians buying votes. He's literally buying votes. He's literally just giving them cash. I just want to tell everybody I'm going to buy the votes of 10 people. for a th- uh, That's it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, of course, most of them up there are socialists and want to buy the votes in some way, including Elizabeth Warren. Healthcare was the big topic at the beginning of the debate. And Elizabeth Warren said something interesting to me when she was talking about Medicare for All. Here it is. People will have access 
to all of their doctors, all of their nurses, their community hospitals, their rural hospitals. Doctors won't have to hire people to fill out crazy forms. They won't have to spend time on the phone arguing with insurance companies. People who have sick family members won't have to get into these battles. What this is about is making sure that we have the most efficient way possible to pay for health care for everyone in this country. I hate when politicians say efficient because that always means rationing, by the way, and always means more government control. It always scares me. But when you when you hear what she's saying under Medicare for all, yeah, you'll have the same doctors, the same hospitals, the same care. You just won't have to pay. And I'm like, does anyone actually believe this? Does anyone believe that if the government completely takes over healthcare, we're going to have some kind of utopia? Well, it'll be exactly like you have now, where you go to the same hospitals, the same doctors, get the same care. You just won't have to pay. Oh, ah, it's a utopia. It's a, it's a fantasy is what it is. There's no way that it's going to work like that if the government completely takes over our healthcare system. She's lying to you. She has to be. So what did you think of the debate last night? Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. You can also text to two three six eight zero or standard message and data rates apply. I do have to say, if you want to talk about winners and losers, other than the losers being the American people, <laughs> the winners. I think Cory Booker actually did okay. Oh come on! Believe really? it or not, yeah, preacher Booker. He actually seemed like a human being, um, while some of the other candidates didn't. Yeah, but he's lying to you as well. Well, I know. If, if we're going to talk about the merits of what they talk oh, about, oh, I can't. Oh, sorry, Michael. we're judging on, you know, <laughs> on and just, he's lying uh, to appearances you. at the moment. I grew up in those yeah. neighborhoods, but brothers and sisters. Cory Booker did okay. Castro did okay, even though some people thought he was mean. I couldn't understand know? half of what he said, and I sort of habla inglés and espanol, so, you know. Believe it or not, Beto, Beto did all right, mostly because everyone else was praising him over his response to El Paso and guns. He got so many compliments from everyone else. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, so, right outside of the, the arena where they held this uh, debate, there was, like, a cop that got shot, so they made a big yeah, emphasis on that. Way to go there, Beto. Yeah. Biden, I thought, had a terrible night. Now, see, he, he's just hard to watch. You I, can tell he's, like, struggling to I, think what he wants to say next. I think people will disagree with you a little bit. Anyone who actually supports Biden would say that was great. People like you and me were waiting for that left eyeball to out of his head, you know. Just there like. was just so many times. Yeah, I know. But there were so many times where it's like you feel like his brain's going to start bleeding. I know. I know. You wait for that. Coming up with sentences. But don't you like wait for it? Oh, his head's going to explode. Oh, I know man. it. man. No. So maybe, yeah, maybe I am biased. But what did you think? 407-916-5400. Priorities to callers next. More on the debate as well in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on WFLA. Updating another one of the top stories right now. About 1,300 people are still missing in the Bahamas nearly two weeks after Hurricane Dorian demolished its northern islands. A spokesman for the country's National Emergency Management Agency said that's down from the roughly 2,500 that officials had feared were missing. At least 50 people have died as a result of the storm. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. And you knew we would do it. Of course, we were doing this as a service to you because I doubt many people listening actually stayed up all three hours to watch 
the entire debate last night, especially because the Bucks game was on. You should have been watching that. Well, you know, Thursday night is my flossing night, so I was <laughs> occupied pretty yeah. much the whole evening. I do my hair. Takes three hours to floss, does it? Well, I eat a lot of peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what can okay. I say? Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, flossing night. So we, we did get some text messages in on the debate. One person, and by the way, you can text it to 36801. One person said the debate was hard to watch. In the beginning, all they did speak about was Trump being a racist and white supremacists in the White House. Their ideas are crazy, and I'm waiting for them to turn on one another like they turn on Trump. There was a little bit of that. We'll probably get to that later. I did want to play a cut here, speaking of the whole calling Trump a racist. Uh, Castro, Julian Castro, who had a pretty good night, even though some people thought he was mean. Apparently, that was actually trending on Twitter at one point, that Castro was mean. Um, okay. Was but that he, in reference to the Joe Biden? Uh, yeah, and he went after Buttigieg, too, a little mm. bit. Um, I actually, we'll play those cuts later, but they thought he was kind of mean to the other candidates. But Castro did talk about the El Paso shooter when they were mentioning gun control and all that. Here's what he said. A few weeks ago, uh, a shooter drove 10 miles inspired by this, pre- 10 hours inspired by this president uh, to kill people who look like me and people who look like my family. White supremacy is a growing threat to this country, and we have to root it out. So I really get annoyed when they say that because I've actually read the manifesto, and you can tell these people haven't read it because if they think it was just a Trump-inspired manifesto, it wasn't. I mean, that guy talked about everything from all sides. The guy was crazy. So to, to constantly put this out there, that the El Paso shooter was just somehow inspired by Trump, you know, to- almost told by Trump in subliminal messages to go do this or something. I just, I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. But then you have Beto O'Rourke, who had a decent night. I have to admit, angry Beto is at least more interesting than a uh, cool dude, relatable Beto, you know? And now he's kind of like angry Beto. It's more interesting. Did, did he keep it clean last night? Because lately on the <laughs> yeah. campaign trail, he's been dropping F-bombs everywhere. <laughs> he really has. I think ABC actually told him, please try to keep it clean because yeah. this is national television. Mm. So he did, as far as I know, unless I missed something. Um, but Beto, talking about uh, the real founding of this country, I don't know how you can win a general election this way, but here's what he said. Racism in America is endemic. It is foundational. We can mark the creation of this country not at the 4th of July, 1776, but August 20th, 1619, when the first kidnapped African was brought to this country against his will and in bondage and as a slave, built the greatness and the success and the wealth that neither he nor his descendants would ever be able to fully participate in and enjoy. We have to be able to answer this challenge. So he's right that slavery was an awful part of our history, but to discount the founding in 1776 and say, well, that's not the real founding. It was when we brought slaves over, I, I think is wrong. And I've actually talked about that on Beyond Reason, given real history on that. But I don't know how you expect to win an election that way, to basically call the country racist and then discount our founders on the 4th of July. I mean, how do you win a general election that way? That's not a winning formula. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Calling everybody a racist and You're the country a racist. racist. I thought he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I guess he'll get a maybe a job on CNN or something Got after he's vote. going for. But, mm. um, but 
I think Biden struggled last night. I don't know if anyone agrees with me. I don't know if you do. You, you've you been critical of the Biden candidacy from the beginning, Alan. Because yeah, and I just don't see him being the nominee when either. all everything shakes out. And, you know, it seems now that Elizabeth Warren is kind of coming to the forefront. Yeah, she did okay last night. She was usual Elizabeth Warren. It wasn't like there was many moments where it was like, yeah, man, that was amazing by Elizabeth Warren. I don't, I don't see anybody talking well, about that. Sometimes slow and steady wins the race, you know? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, shrill and steady. Uh, <laughs> girl's voice. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, I agree with you there. But that's true. Sometimes all you have to do is stay steady and do well. I didn't think Kim Kamala Harris, uh, did I say that right? Yes. Kamala Harris. It is Harris. Yeah, you spelled, <laughs> yeah it's pronounced properly Harris. Yes, I concur. Um, but I think she didn't, I don't think she had a good night either. I think she has had one good ba- debate and... It wasn't like she was terrible last night, but it she tried too hard to like tell these jokes sometimes and it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, well, I may- guess maybe she should give away money like Andrew Yang. <laughs> Yay! Exactly. Well, I expected him to ask for caller 9, you know. <laughs> yeah, cuz I was thinking that I will give the 10th caller $1,000 if they answer this trivia question yep. right. Sound judgment with Andrew Yang. <laughs> um We've been talking about the debate, but of course there's more news out there to get to as well, Alan. Yeah, we've got Florida possibly in the path of a tropical storm, and attorneys for the Parkland school shooter will be in court this morning. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 6.30 on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud, joined by Alan Spector. And even though Dorian is gone, doesn't mean hurricane season is over. And now we have to keep watch in the Atlantic again. You know, actually, we're barely halfway through hurricane season. A disturbance in the Atlantic could become a tropical storm and impact Florida this weekend. But first, AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley says the Bahamas will take another hit. It looks like it's actually going to track right through the Bahamas. So we're talking about areas that were severely impacted uh, by Hurricane Dorian earlier this month. Longley says parts of the Bahamas could get as much as 12 inches of rainfall. Then the storm will track toward the Space Coast tomorrow night into Sunday morning. A tropical storm watch is up from Jupiter Inlet north to the Volusia-Flagler County line. And we're going to talk to Isaac live coming up after 7 o'clock for the latest on this weather system. That's right. This news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More private businesses are stepping up to help rebuild the Bahamas after Hurricane Dorian. In Orlando, with the governor at his side, Johnny Morris, founder of Bass Pro Shops, unveiled a new fundraising initiative. Anglers for the Bahamas that we announced today, fishing for a mission. Our mission is is very simple and straightforward, and that's to help the wonderful people of the Bahamas. Morris says many of his suppliers are also chipping in to help with the relief effort. Mental illness could be a factor in a former Marine's death in Brevard County. 42-year-old Robert Franklin Jr. was found dead yesterday morning in Palm Bay of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He's also accused of shooting his 72-year-old grandmother and his 17-year-old nephew in a home on Fallon Boulevard, but they survived and are in stable condition. The teenager says his uncle suffered from depression, which got worse after Franklin's father died. The defense team for the Parkland school shooter will be in court later this morning. 
trying to get the lead attorney off the job. Nicholas Cruz's attorneys want Broward State Attorney Michael Satz removed from the case for refusing to reconsider the death penalty and because they claim he called Cruz evil worse than Ted Bundy. Defense attorney Mark Iglarch doesn't expect the request to be granted. I think the defense is doing this primarily because you're talking about life or death and you need to do everything that you possibly can to get the best possible outcome. Trial is tentatively set for January. At issue is not whether he's guilty. Cruz has confessed to the shooting. The question is, does he live or die? His attorneys have offered a guilty plea in exchange for life without parole, but only if prosecutors take the death penalty off the table. Wendy Grossman, Miami. UCF will try to go 3-0 and tomorrow. The number 16 Knights hosting Stanford at Spectrum Stadium at 3.30. That game will be televised on ESPN. And Florida opens its SEC schedule at Kentucky at 7 o'clock. And you can hear that matchup right here on WFLA, your Gator Nation station. WFLA News Time is 6.36. If you miss anything on Good Morning Orlando, check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio. Updating another one of the top stories for you right now, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee is promising more investigations of President Trump in the coming weeks. New York Democrat Jerry Nadler told reporters yesterday it's the next step in a process that could lead to impeachment. I'm going to talk more about this next and updating the top stories every 10 minutes on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And we're going to get back to more debate talk later in the show. But something else that happened that's getting news yesterday is the Democrats in the House of Representative in the Judiciary Committee uh, yesterday took a big step in their Trump impeachment push. What they did is they set the ground rules for a formal committee inquiry. They keep kind of stepping forward without stepping too much. We are going to talk with our national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, get the details on that in the next segment. But there is a couple of things that happened related to this yesterday that's pretty interesting. First, President Trump was asked about this uh, from reporters, and specifically about if she's afraid of Nancy Pelosi going after impeachment. Here's what Trump said. I don't think she's scared of anything. I think she's a smart woman, and I think she knows exactly what she's doing. So asked if uh, Pelosi was scared of impeachment, afraid to impeach Trump. Trump says, I don't think she's afraid of every anything. She's a smart woman. Then after that, he was saying the economy's good, things look good in the Trump presidency, and that's why Pelosi does not want to go after impeachment. I think Trump is right partly there. I don't know if I call Nancy Pelosi too smart. Maybe, whatever. Maybe it's like an evil genius sort of way, like a villain. But um, I think he's right that Nancy Pelosi knows what she's doing and knows that right now impeachment is not a good idea. It would divide the country, and they don't have enough evidence to impeach Trump I, at the moment. But I've been saying for what six months now, if they were, yeah. if they had anything impeachable, they'd have done it. So speaking of this, GOP Representative Tom McClintock, he spoke to the Judiciary Committee yesterday, and he actually had a message for the Democrats that might want to impeach President Trump majority wants to exercise the House's power of impeachment, all you've got to do is ask the House to do so. All you have to do is ask the House that it direct and authorize this committee to conduct an impeachment inquiry. That's all you have to do. 
Resolved that the House authorizes the Judiciary Committee to conduct an inquiry into the impeachment of the President. It's that simple. I dare you to do it. In fact, I double-dog dare you to do it. Have the House vote on those 18 words and then go at it. Why won't you do that? It's because you want to give the illusion of impeachment without the reality. So he's exactly right there. Now it's funny. He's well, like, except for I, the double dog dare, you're supposed to you, triple dog dare is the real the one. Oh, he didn't go far. Yeah, enough. he really didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I double dog dare you, and the Democrats, oh no, I'm not going to do it. Well, yeah. Well, I triple dog well, dare you. you. Well, oh, now I've got to do it. Do it yes. So <laughs> kind of trying to send a message, but the end there, he's right. You know, they're just trying to make the appearance that they're doing something on this. To kind of please the base, please the radical leftist progressive base that all really wants to get Trump and throw him out of office. So the Democrats are going to continue to do these inquiries, do these small steps towards it, do these investigations and all this little stuff here. But it's not about reality. They know that they don't have enough to actually impeach him. Plus, they know that they can't with a Republican Senate. So they're just trying to make this whole game and... Smoke and mirrors show an illusion of impeachment without actually going for it. I think he's right there. And I think Trump was right that they know they can't do it. And Pelosi knows that. And she knows what she's doing. Have you heard her speak lately? Pelosi. I don't know what's going on there, but it's really hard to listen to. It's, either, uh, it's harder boat, to look at, too. I'm the just, Botox or the dentures. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's one or the other. Something. So we're going to talk with our national correspondent, get more details on all of this next in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well. This is WFLA. Another headline for you right now. President Trump says he's not worried about the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment investigation. Speaking at the White House, Trump said he's done the best job of any president and touted the economy and stock market being the best in U.S. history. Trump accused Democrats of playing politics. More on this in a moment. We update the top stories every 10 minutes every morning right here on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yes, and as we've been talking about, the House Judiciary Committee has taken a step closer to impeachment proceedings against President Trump. I wanted to bring on our national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, right now, who has the latest developments on this story. Bill, what are the Democrats up to? Well, the Judiciary Committee has now cleared the way, Michael, for there to be uh, committee impeachment hearings. They approved the guidelines for those hearings yesterday. It was largely a procedural vote, but still something that leads particularly Democrats, down what could be a rocky path here. It was approved by a party vote yesterday, as expected. And what this does, it allows the committee to hold hearings that could be designated as technically impeachment hearings, also gives them a little more leeway on questioning of witnesses, and even permits the president's counsel to officially respond to the testimony. Uh, But why this could be a rocky road is that it could put the Democrats in a position later this year of having to decide 
decide whether to officially present articles of impeachment to the full House of Representatives. Jerry Nadler says they could make a decision at the committee level on that by the end of the year. Then what does Nancy Pelosi do? Suppose they come back and say, okay, we're recommending that the House consider articles of impeachment. Does she ignore the recommendation or does she go ahead? We know right now that uh, more than half of the Democrats in the House do favor impeachment proceedings, but uh, that still leaves a large block of Democrats who do not. Does she go ahead and possibly divide the Democratic caucus in the House by making a move one way or the other uh, in advance of the elections? At that point, we'd be less than a year away and just months away from primary. So that's why this could be a dangerous road for the Democrats moving forward. You know, it sounds like, though, at least at the beginning of what you were saying, it sort of opens the door, a lot of could-haves and maybe and open the door. But are the Democrats actually going to walk through this door, or is this just a lot of political games here? I don't know. Uh, it, it, at, at some point, Michael, it could be difficult for them not to, uh, because they're looking at a lot of different things here. This is unlike other impeachment proceedings where, uh, like against President Nixon or President Clinton, where you had a specific type of thing you were looking at here. Right now, yeah, they're point. using a shotgun approach. Uh, they're looking at everything from possible obstruction of justice, which Democrats say was already covered in the Mueller investigation, but they're also looking uh, like things... Uh, a violation of the emoluments clause, which prohibits the president from profiting from his presidency and hush money payments the president paid out to whether it be uh, media outlets or women. So they're looking at a lot of different things here. And the danger could be if they do indeed come up with something, uh, it'll force them to make a decision one way or the other, which <laughs> who knows how that will affect the Democratic uh, primaries down the road and the Democratic presidential candidates down the road. Has there been any more words from moderate Democrats warning not to do this? Not warning not to do it, uh, more warning to tread carefully. Even uh, there was confusion yesterday, even how to term this, whether to term it an official investigation, whether to call it an inquiry. Uh, even Steny Hoyer, one of the leaders in the House, was a little bit hesitant how to characterize this. Jerry Nadler says, no, this is an inv impeachment investigation. That is what we are doing here. And uh, Nancy Pelosi is the one who is going to have to make the final decision on this. Uh, and that'll be a big one. And has Nancy Pelosi commented on this in the past couple of days? Yeah, well, all she talked about uh, yesterday, and she really refused to talk about most of it, but she said that uh, she has signed off on the committee's activities, but said uh, in the past anyway that she didn't feel that the public was ready for an mm -hmm. impeachment process to get underway. Yesterday, she said uh, she really didn't want to discuss it anymore. So she's trying to avoid the issue as much as possible. Is there anything else uh, you want to add to this? Anything else our listeners really need to know about this impeachment inquiry? You're going to hear the I word an awful lot now over the next couple of months because these hearings will get underway in the next week. Corey Lewandowski, the former Trump campaign mm -hmm. manager, is first up for one of these hearings, and he'll be quizzed on uh, the possibility that me, he may have been asked to deliver a message to then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions to limit the Mueller inquiry. That would be an angle on obstruction of justice. So uh, we're, we're going to be off and running shortly with these hearings. All right, our national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, uh, thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend. So very interesting that he was mentioning there that they're taking a shotgun approach when it comes to an impeachment inquiry. And I think he's right that that could spell trouble 
for some of the Democrats because in the past when you had impeachment hearings, it was very specific what they were going after. But now the Democrats are just kind of going after anything, and that kind of makes it look like they're just searching for something because they don't like Trump and they want to get him out of office. And I'm not sure it's a good approach, and I can understand why a lot of Democrats are not on board with this and why Nancy Pelosi is very nervous about going down this road. You know, when it comes to impeachment, you really need to get public opinion on your side. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with Richard Nixon. Eventually, there was so much evidence against him that uh, everyone said, this guy's got to go. Yeah, and the Republicans went to Nixon and was like, you know, you're done. You got like 15 votes in the Senate. So yeah, so see ya. <laughs> exactly. And there's there's just no evidence that we're there yeah. when it comes to President Trump. There's a lot of people that don't like him. Mm-hmm. But you need more than just, I don't like you, to actually impeach someone. <laughs> if, if that was the case, <laughs> no president would last more than like six months. If that, you know? yeah. You know, and that's what I worry about, too. I worry about that we're just setting a precedent now where we're going to go through this with every single president because we're so divided and so polarized mm-hmm. that we're just going to keep doing this. And I think that's a bad precedent. So, um... Something's going on in the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, talk about bad precedents. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. And you're going to have more on that in a couple minutes. A tropical storm could be headed our way. Democrats debate. And how did the Bucks do last night? Those stories and others just two minutes away, along with traffic and weather, together on Good Morning Orlando. It's 659. <laughs> WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. It is Friday morning here on the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour Florida in the projected path of a tropical storm. More in one minute. Yes, and we'll find out the latest on this storm from our AccuWeather meteorologist in just a few minutes. 702 on News Radio 93.1. A tropical storm watch is up along Florida's east coast this morning from Jupiter Inlet north to the Volusia Flagler County line. That's because a disturbance moving northwestward over the central Bahamas is expected to head in our direction. But that's not before it impacts areas of the Bahamas still recovering from Hurricane Dorian. Unfortunately, they're going to see uh, copious amounts of rainfall as much as 48 inches locally up to 12 inches of rainfall in spots, um, uh, especially over the Bahamas. Then it's going to begin tracking toward Florida, looks like, uh, probably the Space Coast by uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning. AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley says central Florida can expect heavy rainfall and gusty winds this weekend. Yeah, just looking at the official track right now, it's not expected to intensify more than a tropical storm, Mm -hmm. but we'll ask our meteorologist in just a few minutes what he thinks. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The 10 Democratic presidential candidates on the debate stage in Houston last night were different in many ways, but united in one, their hope to replace the man in the White House. When the Democrats weren't attacking each other, they were going after President Donald Trump. South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg called the president out on China. You know, when I first got into this race, I remember President Trump scoffed and said he'd like to see me making a deal with Xi Jinping. I'd like to see him making a deal with Xi Jinping. While Senator Kamala Harris compared the president to a character from a movie. Donald Trump 
in office on trade policy. You know, he reminds me of that, that guy in The Wizard of Oz, you know, when you pull back the curtain, it's a really small dude. Prior to the debate, the president's campaign flew an airplane with a Trump banner ad behind it over the venue. In Houston at Texas Southern University, Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. Oh, Kamala Harris trying with the jokes, trying her stand-up routine. You know, I believe that guy in The Wizard of Oz she referred to is... The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and it's the wizard <laughs> guy, yeah. This is a good point. <laughs> what? A man is hurt after a train collision in Orange County. Winter Park Police say the man's car was hit yesterday by a Sunrail train while trying to cross the tracks at South Denning Drive and Barnum Avenue. The man is expected to survive. Three new attractions are coming to SeaWorld in Orlando and Busch Gardens in Tampa. At SeaWorld, Icebreaker is a family-friendly launch coaster that will travel forwards and backwards with a top speed of 52 miles per hour. In Tampa Bay, the old wooden thrill ride called Guazi will be turned into North America's tallest, fastest, and steepest hybrid coaster. When it opens next year, it'll be called Iron Guazi. Finally, a new water slide called the Solar Vortex will debut next summer at Adventure Island in Tampa. Rick Hoshul, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And with my fear of heights, I will not be going on any of those rides. <laughs> I'm going. Peyton Barber's 16-yard touchdown run in the third quarter put the Buccaneers ahead for good in a 20-14 win over the Panthers on Thursday night football in Charlotte. It's the first win for new Tampa Bay head coach Bruce Arians. You always want to get that first one off your back, you know. So, yeah, the, the guys are bought in. They, they gave us everything. You know, we did some dumb things again, but, we, you know, we gave up the safety. There was no panic on the sideline. You know, guys were convinced they were going to win the ball game. The Bucks held Carolina out of the end zone, the Panthers scoring on that safety and four field goals. WFLA News time is 7.06. A pair of YouTubers are arrested at a national security site near Area 51. Did they think they were just going to let them in? Yeah, they, come on in. And the fun secrets. begins. The story <laughs> is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And we are going to talk with our AccuWeather meteorologist in just a couple of minutes about what could become, probably will become, Tropical Storm Umberto. Umberto, the H is silent. Umberto. Umberto. It's not gotcha. Umberto. Hmm? Umberto. That's not Humberto. No. It's, <laughs> it's, oh. Umberto. That Humberto. Humberto. Buenos dias, Umberto. <laughs> Humberto. Hopefully, we won't be too affected by this, but the track has it coming right over Orlando. Uh, just a tropical storm, though, and we'll find out more on this so I don't have to say the words hunker down. That's yeah. always good. Yeah, just a tropical storm. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I no mean, worries. I mean, when you're talking about what Dorian was. <laughs> Break it up. Be, Nothing to see here. Be a Move lot along. Worse. By the way, I wanted to give you some highlights from the Democratic debate last night, just in case you missed some of it. We are going to talk more about this later on in the show. But here is a montage from the debate. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Are you prepared to say tonight that you and President Obama made a mistake about deportations? Why should Latinos trust you? What Latinos should look at is comparing this president to the president we have is outrageous, number one. 
We didn't lock people up in cages. We didn't separate families. Every time something good about Barack Obama comes up, he says, oh, I was there, I was there, I was there. That's me too. And then every time somebody questions part of the administration that we were both part of, he says, well, that was the president. I mean, he wants to take credit for Obama's work, but not have to answer to any questions. Donald Trump in office on trade policy. You know, he reminds me of that, that guy in The Wizard of Oz, you know, when you pull back the curtain, it's a really small dude. Known as The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. By the way, uh, they tried, they put some music behind that to try to make yeah. it better, more fun to watch. I enjoyed but. the dance mix of the Democratic <laughs> debate. But uh, I don't think it actually helped. So we have our AccuWeather meteorologist next in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well. In two minutes on Good Morning Orlando, it's 709. Another news update for you right now. A Volusia County school is apparently the victim of cyber hacking. Delane High School principal Melissa Carr said last night the school's Twitter account was hacked. She became aware of the hack when she was informed the school had tweeted the picture of a partially nude woman. Carr said the tweet was deleted, the account password was changed, and law enforcement was notified. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes every morning here on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. So there is a tropical disturbance in the Atlantic. They expect it to become Tropical Storm Umberto, and it's headed right for us here in Central Florida. We're talking with our AccuWeather meteorologist right now, Isaac Longley. And Isaac, what is the latest on this storm? What do we need to know? Yeah, well, right now it's uh, currently a tropical depression, sustained winds at 30 miles per hour right now. However, it is becoming more organized as we speak uh, throughout this morning into this afternoon as well. Again, uh, what you said, uh, it's expected to become a tropical storm probably tonight into tomorrow morning. And then further strengthening is expected as it heads toward the Florida coastline. The main impacts from this will be heavy rainfall across the Bahamas, anywhere between four to eight inches, locally up to 12 inches of rainfall. So again, this is something that the Bahamas really do not need at this moment after the devastating Hurricane Dorian. And how long do you expect this storm to take to move across Florida? Uh, it looks like uh, it'll probably run on the quicker side, definitely a lot quicker than uh, what Dorian took um, at the beginning of the month here. Uh, it looks like probably uh, through Saturday night uh, into actually Monday morning. So probably throughout much of this weekend, uh, we will see the impacts uh, from this tropical storm throughout much of the weekend. Again, mainly heavy rainfall, isolated tornadoes also, also possible, mainly along the coastline. There may be a little bit of a storm surge as well, anywhere from two to four feet. So we have to keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, and it's only moving at six miles per hour. Is there any chance that this could actually intensify beyond a tropical storm eventually? Yeah, there actually is a small chance uh, that it could become a low-grade hurricane. Uh, right now, the current forecast is that it becomes a, trop a strong tropical storm uh, with sustained winds at 65 miles per hour before it makes landfall. Uh, again, it can make uh, or reach Category 1 status before it reaches landfall. Uh, looks like the landfall, the current projection of landfall is at the Space Coast along the Florida coastline. So we have to keep an eye on that. Uh, hopefully it does not strengthen much farther. But uh, yeah, as of right now, it looks like it will strengthen into a strong tropical storm, maybe a low-grade hurricane. And what does that mean for the people um, in the Bahamas right now? They're already 
struggling after Dorian, and this storm's going right over them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it looks like the storm is going to track right over the Bahamas. And while they won't see a whole lot in the way of wind, uh, they'll see some strong wind gusts, but uh, probably nothing uh, close to what they saw from Dorian. However, they will see heavy rainfall, which could lead to flooding in some areas. And uh, a lot of these locations, um, they really don't have too much in the way of shelters left. So, unfortunately, these flooding rainfalls, it's going to be hard to uh, get away from those. And when do you expect the worst conditions to show up here in Central Florida? It looks like uh, the worst conditions will reach uh, Central Florida probably Saturday night, beginning Saturday night throughout Sunday and even into Sunday night as well. I think that is when we're going to see the worst conditions, uh, maybe a little bit of storm surge, two to four feet possible, uh, anywhere between four to eight inches of rainfall, especially in some of those heavier rain bands. Um, and again, we can't rule out a few isolated tornadoes, mainly along the coastline. Um, so definitely something to be concerned about there as well. AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley giving us the latest update on what is now a tropical depression. They expect it to become Tropical Storm Umberto and possibly even a hurricane, although that is not in the official track yet. Anything else we need to know, Isaac? I think uh, for the most part, uh, just keep an eye on the, the latest track uh, forecast as well. Um, again, if it does become a hurricane, that could have some significant impacts, especially across the Bahamas along the Florida coastline as well. So something to keep an eye on over the next uh, day or two here. And we will definitely do that right here on News Radio 93.1. Isaac, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. So he actually says it could become a hurricane before it hits Florida. Oh, be I've a low... refused to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. He said a low-grade hurricane, but, I mean, something we actually need to keep an eye on for this weekend, and we will Something else that um, we're keeping an eye on is President Trump, who he's going to name as his next national security advisor. You know, there's been a lot of criticism, even from some on the right of John Bolton, which I think is unfair. And I will tell you why in the next segment. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes here on WFLA. It's 722 on Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here's another one of the top stories for you. Democratic presidential candidates are calling for action to curb gun violence. In last night's Democratic debate, former Vice President Joe Biden said there's been a big change in the U.S. after a rash of deadly mass shootings. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren said the U.S. Congress is beholden to the gun industry and said that must change. California Senator Kamala Harris condemned President Trump's rhetoric. We're going to talk more about the debate in the 8 o'clock hour, of course. We update the top stories every 10 minutes every morning here on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. And this is Yappy filling in for Bud. By the way, you should probably keep WFLA on for the whole day. Especially today, because I'm hosting three shows today. Oh, yeah, the all Believe the time. it or not, yes. <laughs> um, it's uh, the Yaffe Station today, because later on, I will host PM Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m. PM Orlando is a good show if you want the latest news, the latest breaking news 
for your drive home. And then if you want some deeper analysis on the news, of course, I'm going to be talking about the debate tonight as well. You can listen to Beyond Reason Radio. Yes, Beyond Reason is back tonight at 7 p.m. I'm filling in for Carl Jackson. So if you want a voice of reason in a world that is beyond reason, you'll want to listen to WFLA tonight at 7 p.m. Now, I have to be a voice of reason on something right now, and I think a lot of you are going to disagree with me, but that's okay. You're allowed to do that. It's America. We have the First Amendment. But there has been some news lately about President Trump still looking for another national security advisor after he fired John Bolton earlier this week. It was big news. And President Trump actually commented earlier this week on the firing of Bolton. Here's what he said. He likes the idea of having somebody in there with him, and I do too. I think that uh, we'll have an answer for you. We have we have 15 candidates. Everybody wants it badly, as you can imagine. And we'll probably next week sometime make that decision. That was President Trump yesterday talking to reporters, saying they're going to make a decision to fill the role of John Bolton. Now, when we talked about this on Good Morning Orlando, I had said I kind of agreed with Bud that I don't necessarily blame Trump for getting rid of Bolton because they had two very different worldviews. So Trump has every right to change that if he wants to. That being said, I really like John Bolton. I tend to agree with Bolton on foreign policy more than the others in Trump's administration. And I've noticed that there's a lot of people on the right that are really, really going after Bolton. And I think it's unfair what they're saying about him. And one person is Tucker Carlson. Earlier this week on his show, he went so far to call Bolton a leftist. Here's what he said. If you're wondering why so many progressives are mourning Bolton's firing tonight, it's because Bolton himself fundamentally was a man of the left. There was not a human problem John Bolton wasn't totally convinced could be solved with the brute force of government. That's an assumption of the left, not the right. Don't let the mustache fool you. John Bolton was one of the most progressive people in the Trump administration. I think this is nonsense. I think it's absolute nonsense that Bolton was one... Is one of the most progressive people in the Trump administration. Uh, I don't understand where no. he's getting this. I from. found him to be more of a warmonger and felt that if Bolton stayed in, we'd never get out of Afghanistan. But that's just me. Yeah, I don't even think he's a warmonger. I think he's actually right to, that he wants to be tough on our enemies. But in terms of Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson, you know, I, I listened to an interview with him where he said we should, if he could, he would ban driverless trucks, you know, semi-trucks, to save American jobs. He also wants to use the brute force of government to go after big tech. So you have Tucker Carlson, who's not afraid right now as a populist to use the brute force of government to go after certain things in America. And he's criticizing Bolton for being a progressive, wanting to use the brute force of government. The only time Bolton really talks about using government to solve things is in foreign policy because he wants to be tough against our enemies. I'm not going to criticize Bolton as a leftist for wanting to be tough against our enemies on the world stage. I think Bolton actually was a pretty good check on Trump because he's basically been right about North Korea, right about Iran, and right about the Taliban. Now, Bolton, like you said, is a little bit more of an interventionist than even I am, but I think he deserves a lot more respect than what he's getting from the right. He wants to be tough on our enemies, and he supports the military, and he supports Americans' actions on the world stage. I don't think that makes him a progressive. I don't think that makes him a leftist. I really think that's unfair. And a lot of these people wouldn't have said that just a couple of years ago. They would have agreed with Bolton. 
Now all of a sudden they're becoming more isolationist and they're saying, well, isolationism is conservatism. No, 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 no. I, I don't think so. This is something that's kind of new in parts of the Republican Party and parts of the right. And I have to disagree with it. I'm not the only one who disagrees with it, by the way. I was listening to some other conservative hosts like Ben Shapiro and Mark Levin basically saying the same thing. And I agree with them. So there seems to be a divide right now in the conservative movement on this, you know, which happens. But to say he's the most progressive person in the Trump administration when he was in there, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I just don't buy it. I might talk about that more on my show tonight on Beyond Reason. Alan Spector is here in the studio with me right now. What do you got coming up? The latest on a disturbance that could become a tropical storm affecting our state and another Florida fundraising effort underway for the Bahamas. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 729. And welcome back to the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Melissa Fox is producing. Kelly is screening your calls. And Alan Spector has more news for you right now. I do, Michael. There could be a tropical storm on or just off Florida's east coast by sometime tomorrow. This morning, the weather system is moving slowly northwestward over the central Bahamas. The Bahamas, still recovering from Hurricane Dorian, can expect heavy rainfall. And AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley says central Florida can expect the same this weekend. Can't rule out a few isolated tornadoes as well, but for the most part, heavy rainfall, gusty winds, uh, sustained winds right now projected to be at 60 to 65 miles per hour as it makes landfall near Florida. A tropical storm watch is in effect from Jupiter Inlet north to the Volusia-Flagler County line. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More money is being sent to the Bahamas following the devastation of Hurricane Dorian thanks to a $1 million donation from Bass Pro Shops. Founder Johnny Morris announcing his Anglers for the Bahamas, fishing for a mission relief drive. My personal attachment for the Bahamas and the people there is something I know a lot of fishermen, they have the same feeling. Morris joined by Governor Ron DeSantis, who said he's thankful for the effort as Florida continues to help its neighbors in need. The superintendent of Polk County Schools is trying to reassure parents after video of a school beating spread online. Jacqueline Bird responded yesterday to the video that shows a student beating a 12-year-old boy at Blake Academy this week while classmates cheered. Bird says the attacker was suspended for 10 days and she hopes parents understand these incidents are not acceptable. Meanwhile, the victim's mom says she wants the attacker expelled and prosecuted. I don't blame the mom. No, honestly, not at all. The attorneys for the Parkland school shooter want the lead prosecutor off the case. And to that end, they'll be in court later this morning. Nicholas Cruz's defense team says Broward State Attorney Michael Satz should be removed from the case for refusing to reconsider the death penalty and because they claim he called Cruz evil worse than Ted Bundy. Defense attorney Mark Iglar says the request is a long shot. It doesn't have to be an opinion that everyone shares or the defense likes, but that's his opinion. That doesn't get you thrown off the case. Trial is tentatively set for January. At issue is not whether he's guilty. Cruz has confessed to killing 17 people. The question is, does he live or die? His attorneys have offered a guilty plea in exchange for life without parole, but only if prosecutors take the death penalty off the table. Wendy Grossman, Miami. College football action this weekend includes UCF hosting Stanford, the Knights trying to go 3-0, and Florida visits Kentucky as the Gators open their SEC schedule. Elsewhere... In case you hadn't noticed, today is Friday the 13th. 
<laughs> and that terrifies millions of yeah. Americans. Millions in the, of people in this country have a paralyzing dread of Friday the 13th. It's called Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> and experts say because of it, some people won't go to work today. And some people won't even go out and eat in restaurants. Oh, so that's why Bud's not here. Then, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no one's exactly sure where the legend of Friday the 13th being unlucky began. Folklore experts say it's the combination of Friday and 13 as both the day and the number have historically been connected to bad luck. I understand, too, it's a full moon, isn't it? Yes, yes, So it that, is. like, adds to it. Mm. Mm. Friday was the day that Christ was uh, put on the cross, and the 13th has always had bad connotations. <laughs> Nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> LeBron James has failed in his attempt to copyright the term Taco Tuesday. The Lakers star had filed an application with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office last month it has now been rejected. James was apparently looking to capitalize on the popular Instagram videos in which he and his friends and family gleefully eat tacos every Tuesday. LeBron reportedly had no specific plans for any business ventures using the term Taco Tuesday. You know, he doesn't have enough money. He needs more, so he's going to get a take away our fun with Taco Tuesday. That's right. Jeez. And finally, here's a story about not one Florida man, but two Florida men. They are in custody following a dispute over cold food at a McDonald's up in Flagler County. Police say Jawan Davis and Jordan Dunn, both 20 years old, went through the drive-thru at a Palm Coast location of McDonald's and received five cold burgers. The two reportedly flashed guns at the fast food workers as they demanded that the order be remade, with Davis saying that when it comes to his food, he doesn't play. Oh, I don't play. <laughs> Those workers called 911, and officers arrived while the two men were still waiting for their new order. Uh, both men claimed they were only kidding. What's the matter with you people? I was joking! <laughs> don't you know a joke when you hear one? <laughs> uh. They, Hilarious. The two Florida men now face charges of suspicion of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, among others. Oh, I wonder hey, how it, the burgers are in jail. When it comes to my food, I don't play. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. You know, Find, they could have demanded it without the guns, and I'm sure they would have just uh, made, remade them. You they know? might have. <laughs> Sometimes you just ask nicely, you know? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I like to go gangster at the drive-thru window. <laughs> but five cold burgers? Yeah. Wow. Find more. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly understands. He's yeah. very mad about the burgers. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com and listen for the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. And right now, if you're looking for Gutfeld tickets, well, you might be in luck. We're giving away a few more. Right now on Sound Judgment, but you have to call 407-916-5400. That's 407-916-5400 for today's Sound Judgment game. Also call toll-free 866-916-5400 for your chance to win Gutfeld tickets. The show is tomorrow, so this is your last chance. So we have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Here's another news update for you right now. About 1,300 people are still missing in the Bahamas 
nearly two weeks after Hurricane Dorian demolished its northern islands. A spokesperson for the country's National Emergency Management Agency said that's down from roughly 2,500 that officials had feared were missing. At least 50 people have died as a result of the storm. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes every morning on WFLA. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And it is time once again for sound judgment. The lines are full right now, but if someone gets a wrong answer, you can call 407 916 5400 or 866 916 5400. And Kelly is going to tell you what that great prize is today. Yes, sir. Today we have a pair of tickets to the Gutfeld Monologues Live with Greg Gutfeld this Saturday, September 14th at the Bob Carr Theater. And for sound judgment today, the Democrat presidential primary last night was in Houston, Texas. Well, we found a song here about Houston. We're going to listen to a little bit of it. Then I want you to use your sound judgment to tell me who sang it. Here it is. Well, it's lonesome in this old town. Everybody puts me down. I'm a face without a name. Just walking in the rain. Going back to Houston. 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 A little depressing now that I listen to the lyrics of that. (laughs) But the sound judgment question, who was that singing? Let's go. Let's just go to line one today. Line one. Who was that? Uh, this is Sean from Apopka. Hi, Sean. Can you tell us who was singing there? Is it the Dean Martin version? That's right. Awesome. Congratulations, my friend. Dino. <laughs> yeah, you a fan of Dean's? <laughs> a little bit. Kind of a closet fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. You said your name was Sean from Apopka? Yes. All right, are you excited about going to? Uh... I almost bought the I almost bought the Gutfeld tickets myself online at the Bob Carr website. I was I have it had the tickets sitting in my cart still. So really, <laughs> do that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you didn't wow. buy them because now you get them for free. We're really we're really glad you're gonna you're gonna go and you won. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll put you on hold, and Kelly will tell you you can get those tickets. Okay. I'm a face without a name. I can't believe we're playing Just something this old and Bud is not here. <laughs> going back to Houston. Going back to Houston. Houston. Uh, this was actually a huge hit for Dean Martin. I think around 64, 65, yes, somewhere and in there. He actually performed it on a television show while smoking a cigarette and drinking the whole time. <laughs> nice. And he played harmonica, too. That was his thing, smoking and drinking. <laughs> yeah, Dean. You know. Holy moly, it's the gold digger. <laughs> All I can think of is, man, Houston was a really depressing place back then Houston. or something. It's lonesome in this old town. <laughs> oh, man. Just just ask Joe Biden. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We are going to talk more about the debate in just a few minutes. We have the Rush Morning Update as well in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Updating another one of the top stories for you right now. UCF will try to go 3-0 tomorrow. The number 16 Knights will host Stanford at Spectrum Stadium at 3.30. The game will be televised on ESPN. UCF is 2-0 this season, while the Cardinals is 1-1. 
Updating uh, the top stories every 10 minutes on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. And welcome back to the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at PMOWFLA. It's at PMOWFLA or just search Michael Yaffe. I call it that because that is my Twitter handle because I host PM Orlando, which is also going to be later today, 5 to 6 p.m., where we update local and national breaking news. We'll no doubt cover reaction to the debate. I'm sure a lot of the candidates will have reaction and others will have reaction. And we'll cover that plus the latest with Tropical Depression, which will be Tropical Storm Umberto. Well, it's really, it's technically not a tropical depression yet. Oh, so the meteorologist got it wrong? That's Uh, what he told me. Yeah, you know, he told me that earlier this morning. The National Hurricane Center is still calling it a tropical disturbance. Interesting. All right, we'll have to get some clarification. I'm not on trying that. to throw Isaac under the bus. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because I, I thought it was a tropical disturbance too, and then he said it was a tropical depression. So I thought maybe he had an update or something. No, it's. Uh, I'm looking at the eight o'clock advisory that just came in from the National Hurricane Center. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. still calling it a tropical disturbance. It's moving northwestward toward the uh, northwestern Bahamas. Uh, the uh, top wind still around 30 miles an hour. So it's not much of anything at the moment, but it yeah. is expected to develop into a tropical depression, and then possibly tropical storm Umberto as it moves over the Bahamas, dumping more rainfall on those poor people, and then heads for Florida's east coast. And again, uh, the watches and warnings are still the same. We have a tropical storm watch, in effect, uh, from Jupiter Inlet uh, down around the Palm Beach area, uh, northward to the Flagler-Volusia County line. You know, it's something we need to keep an eye on, too, because Isaac did say that there is a slight possibility it could strengthen to a hurricane. Now, it would be a low-grade hurricane, but since it'll be over the warm waters of the Atlantic, it could possibly strengthen before it hits Florida. So it's something else we need to keep an eye on. I was looking at the different models. If you look at the European model, it's not going to hit Florida at all, actually. I mean, we'll get some of the rain, but it will turn um, northeast. You know, whenever I get a chance, I like to look at a European model. Hey, 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 how you doing? <laughs> but that's just me. But I'm bump. The American model, by the way, do you like to look at American models too? That too. Okay, good. The American How's that model looking? <laughs> has it, it does have it going over Florida somewhat. So still a lot of uncertainty there. By the way, you were talking about uh, you didn't mean to throw Isaac under the bus. No, no, no. Well, speaking of uh, throwing people <laughs> under the bus... Castro last night, Julian Castro tried to throw Joe Biden under the bus during the debate. Here was that exchange. He wanted every single person in this country covered. My plan would do that. Your plan would not. They do not have to buy in. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. in. Are are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? So he's kind of making it seem like, oh, the old guy forgot what he said a couple minutes ago. It actually turned out Biden was right. They they fact-checked, and it turns out Castro was the one who misheard there. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. We are going to talk more about the debate in the next half hour. I want to take your calls as well on it. Who do you think won the debate if you actually watched it? If you didn't watch it, don't worry. I watched the whole thing, so we'll recap it. 
Who do you think won the debate? I know a lot of people are going to text in and say President Trump, but who do you think actually uh, won uh. the debate? Um, in the next uh, in the next half hour, I want to go over what Beto O'Rourke said about guns, similar to what he has been saying on the campaign trail. Uh, also, uh, Booker said something about guns. I know Warren said something about guns. So gun control obviously was a big issue last night during the debate. It will continue to be a big issue in the Democrat presidential primary and in Congress as Democrats in Congress have been trying to get Republicans to pass some kind of gun control, even put it up for a vote in the Senate. Other things I want to get into as well, Klobuchar, who's kind of not one, definitely not one of the front runners in the Democrat primary. She was trying to get some attention for herself. There was one thing she said that um, was kind of nutty, in my opinion. So we'll get into that and much more in the next hour, half hour. But I want to take your calls. I definitely want to take your calls. 407-916-5400. 866-916-5400 is the toll free. You can also text 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. A tropical storm, as we said, maybe Florida bound and the Bucks and Panthers go down to the wire. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 758. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good Friday morning, Orlando. Welcome back to the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, the latest from the tropics. We'll have it for you in one minute. And we'll update. If you happen to miss the debate last night, we'll give you some highlights next. 802 on News Radio 93.1. A tropical disturbance moving slowly northwestward over the central Bahamas is on a track taking it toward the Florida Peninsula. AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley says further development is expected. This is expected to become a tropical storm as we head into Friday night through tonight into tomorrow morning. So definitely um, some strengthening expected here over the next uh, couple of days. Forecasters at the National Hurricane Center say the system could become a tropical storm and be on or along Florida's east coast in the next day or so. A tropical storm watch is now posted from Jupiter Inlet north to the Volusia-Flagler County line. By the way, uh, Michael, we're just having a discussion about whether this is a tropical disturbance or a tropical depression. Right. It is not yet a depression, and I looked it up. Uh, the maximum sustained winds would have to be 38 miles an hour or higher for I it to see. be classified as a tropical depression. It uh, right now is still considered at 30 miles an hour, the top winds, as a tropical disturbance. And it looks like eventually it will strengthen according yes, to the track. The that's track. what they're expecting. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. At least one Democratic presidential candidate is going to take away your guns, the big ones anyway. At last night's debate in Houston, televised on ABC, Beto O'Rourke said he supports a mandatory federal buyback of assault weapons. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against Meanwhile, Julian Castro and Joe Biden got into it over health care, as we just heard a few minutes ago uh, from uh, Michael playing this cut. But 
Uh, people loved it so much they want to hear it again as Castro seemed to question Biden's memory. My plan would do that. Your plan would they not. They do not have to buy in. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. to buy in. If she qualifies Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? Went over well with the audience there. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's like Jerry Springer. Or something. Now, all of the Democratic presidential candidates, besides agreeing that President Trump should not be president, uh, they agreed on at least one issue. They all promised to fight climate change. Yeah, I'm going to talk more about that actually this half hour as well. Recent vaping related deaths in other parts of the country could lead to new laws here in Florida. State Representative Jackie Toledo is introducing a bill to raise the age for buying vaping and tobacco products in Florida to 21. This is about saving lives, plain and simple. It's about protecting our children. Her bill would also ban flavored vaping products. The Tampa Republican points to statistics showing one in four Florida high school students report using e-cigarettes. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Two justices from the Florida Supreme Court are in line for a promotion. President Trump nominating Justices Barbara Lagoa and Robert Luck to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta. Governor Ron DeSantis probably saying, thanks a lot, President Trump. I just nominated these people and got them appointed. Now you're taking him away from me. <laughs> One of Florida's NFL teams finally has a win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers bolt past an NFC South foe. They're sitting at the 20, maybe just outside. Winston to the end zone for Godwin and a touchdown. Joe Buck there on NFL Network. Jameis Winston connects with Chris Godwin for a 20-yard touchdown pass. Godwin with eight catches, 121 receiving yards as the Bucks beat the Carolina Panthers 20-14. to Winston throwing for 208 yards in a win that ends a 12-game road losing streak for the Tampa Bay QB. And this game needed a roughly half-hour delay due to inclement weather. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News time is 8.06. A plane makes an emergency landing after the pilot spills coffee in the cockpit. Oh, jeez. We've had some radio stations make emergency <laughs> landings here uh, after was, somebody spilled coffee. I was just thinking that. Yeah. That story, the engineers love that, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. The story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. And the third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yeah, no coffee in the cockpit, no coffee in the radio studios. Yeah, we have those signs up all over the place here. I can't believe in the plane they wouldn't have a sign or two saying, hey, Ixnay on the offy K. Yeah, maybe. So uh, we are going to highlight uh, the Democratic debate last night. Did you happen to watch it? It was three hours long. I think we can all agree that that might be too long. I think it was longer than the Avengers movie, the latest Avengers movie. That is a long debate. So maybe the whole country can agree three hours is too long. I don't know. But if you happen to miss the debate, I will highlight what I thought was important from the debate. But here is a montage just to get you started. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? said just two minutes ago the truth is the big mistake the huge mistake 
And one of the big differences between you and me, I never believed what Cheney and Bush said about Iraq. You right. voted against the war in Iraq and helped lead the opposition. Oh, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe, instead of saying no, we can't, let's say yes, we can. <laughs> let's be constitutional. Let us be clear, Joe. In the United States of America, we are spending twice as much per capita on health care as the Canadians or any other major country on earth. This America. Yeah, but Americans don't want to pay twice as much as other countries. Let me be clear. I mean, <laughs> I think you could have a drinking game let off me, of that. Let me clear my throat, Bernie Sanders <laughs> said. You know, you mentioned the debate was longer than Avengers Endgame. I'm thinking if... If the debate had featured, like, say, Iron Man and Thanos. Oh, yeah. That would have been worth watching for three hours. A debate between Iron Man and Thanos. Yeah, yeah no. That sounds... No? Can no. you set that up? <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that. We'll, we'll get you. started. It's got to be better than a Democrat debate. We'll have more on that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and what else? <laughs> uh, who knows what else? <laughs> but whatever it is, it's wow. coming up in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 8.09. 813 on Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here's one of the top stories for you. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee is promising more investigations of President Trump in the coming weeks. New York Democrat Jerry Nadler told reporters yesterday that it's the next step in a process that could lead to impeachment. Nadler's comments came after his committee approved rules governing possible impeachment. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes every morning on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. And welcome back to uh, Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. I'm a little tired, a little sleepy. That's because for you, as a service to you, as a service to my community, I did stay up and watch the entire debate last night. Now, I can't cover everything in the debate because it was three hours long like i said if you want to hear more of my commentary on this by the way i'm going to talk about it extensively on my show beyond reason radio tonight on wfla at seven but one of the issues that came up during the debate and you knew it was going to come up because it's been a big issue in the democrat party especially the last couple weeks that issue is gun control and beto o'rourke has been trying to make him more of a name for himself on this issue. And he actually got all kinds of compliments from the other candidates last night. He had a pretty good night, mostly because all the other candidates had to compliment him with how he reacted to the El Paso shooting. But Beto O'Rourke was asked, you know, are you going to take away people's guns? Here's what he said. You know, the critics call this confiscation. Are you proposing taking away their guns and how would this work? I am, if it's a weapon that was designed to kill people. Aren't most guns weapons designed <laughs> to well, kill people? Here's the thing, Michael. If you throw the gun at somebody, you might just bruise them. Okay, it's true. But, I mean, this is the problem. When you go down that road, you're going to have to confiscate more than assault weapons. Right now, it's just assault weapons. But, you know, Cory Booker also on the debate stage last night, believe it or not. He actually did pretty well, I thought, performance-wise. He can't seem to gain traction in the polls, but last night might have helped him a little bit. He was talking about guns. He actually brings up an interesting point here. Here it is. 
But I will lead change on this issue because I have seen what the carnage creates in communities like mine because we forget national shootings, these, these mass shootings are tragedies, but the majority of the homicide victims come from neighborhoods like mine. Nobody has ascended to the White House that will bring more personal passion on this issue. I will fight this and bring a fight to the NRA and the corporate gun lobby like they have never seen before. Senator- I get so annoyed at them blaming the NRA for this. Like the NRA is just an all-powerful organization that controls everything that happens in D.C. Michael, one of our texters brought up something that I wanted to bring up. He says, uh, Cory Booker kept saying how racism affects his neighborhoods and where he's from, which we just heard. And what people fail to realize is Cory Booker lives in a high-end white neighborhood and had a very wealthy upbringing. So I call BS on all that. Yeah, now he did grow up in a high-class neighborhood. I guess he did move to a different area after he became a senator. But it's, He has an, a condo in a different area, yeah. but I don't know that, yeah, he actually sees violence firsthand like he claims. But actually, he did bring up an interesting point. If you're going to talk about gun violence, you can't just talk about the mass shootings. Because he's right, the mass shootings are oh yeah, small, no, I small, mean, small you, minority of gun violence. If you look at your Chicago numbers any weekend, we, we see them. There's many more yeah. people just killed by handguns in neighborhoods, random, all that. And this so, is yeah. the thing. When they're talking about stemming gun violence, what they want to do is eventually they're going to want to take your handguns, your semi-automatic handguns, because it's not going to be enough. It's not going to stop shootings to ban assault weapons. I'm telling you, it's not going to be good enough for them. They're going to continue to go down this road. And another example of that was Elizabeth Warren last night. She is almost the front runner right now. There was one poll that she's tied with Joe Biden, but most polls still has Joe Biden in the league. In the lead, Elizabeth Warren is second. But she also talked about guns and said something that really caught my attention. Here it is. My view on this is we're going to not, it's not going to be one and done on this. We're going to do it and we're going to have to do it again and we're going to have to come back some more until we cut the number of gun deaths in this country significantly. So people like me, conservatives and Republicans have been making the point over and over again that once you start banning one type of gun, it's going to be a slippery slope because it's not going to be good enough because it's not going to stop these shootings. And she basically just makes the point for me. You can't call me a fear monger for saying that because she says, this is not going to be one one and done. We're going to have to go again and again and again. And we all know this is true. And this is why people are fearful of what the Democrats are going to do. And they blame the NRA for all this, but it's not the NRA. The reason why people care what the NRA said is because the NRA is popular. There's a lot of people in this country on the right who maybe not be members of the NRA, But they support the NRA and they support the Second Amendment. Trump's not just scared of the NRA. He's scared of his base turning on him if he goes after guns too much. That's just the reality of this. 407-916-5400. You can also text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. I do want to get into some other topics that came into the debate. And we'll have we'll take your calls priority to callers first, of course. So if you call, we'll, we'll take your call. We have that in Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on WFLA. Here's another news update for you right now. A man is hurt after a train collision in Orange County. 
Winter Park police say the man's car was hit yesterday by a Sunrail train while trying to cross the tracks at South Denning Drive in Barnum Avenue. The man is expected to survive. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes every morning on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. And we're talking about the Democratic debate last night. Just 10 candidates and one debate. So we don't have the two nights of debates with 20 candidates. And Bud's not here because I think he's very upset Tulsi Gabbard. Was was not there on the debate, and he's just like, I can't, I can't do, it. I can't watch it. Yeah, so he's he's so upset. He's not only not here today; he will not be here on Monday. Yeah, I mean, and he's afraid of Friday the thirteenth, right? That's got to be it. And he's hiding out from the tropical storm. <laughs> yeah, so see, you know what not... I say? He's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> he, see, when he's not here, we can just totally <laughs> we can just totally rag on him because yeah. uh, he can't defend himself. So we're, but, we're just nice but, people. <laughs> but we actually totally rag on him when he's here. Yeah, this is a good point. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. <laughs> Let's take some calls here. Let's go to uh, Robert in Kissimmee. Robert, what was your take on the debate last night? Um, everyone up there is such a pony. It's disheartening that that's the best we can do. Forget whether you're Democrat or Republican. You just listen to those people with their their total lack of common sense just to talk the way they're talking and carry on thinking they're telling people what they want to hear, which they're not. But the phoniness is, is really a letdown for people that are running for the highest office. It's, it's sad. Gotcha. All right, Robert, I appreciate your call. I mean, I couldn't agree more, but that's a uh, politics for you in today's world. You know, there was something crazy in my opinion that Amy Klobuchar said Speaking of climate change, let's listen to that cut. Uh, This is the existential crisis of our time. It's, you know, that movie, The Day After Tomorrow? It's today. Oh, The Day After Tomorrow tomorrow is today? How old is that movie? (laughs) That movie is That was an Art Bell movie, right? It was based on an Art Bell book. It came out, what, probably almost 10 years ago. I think it was more than 10 years ago. I think that came out before An Inconvenient Truth. I think it's got to be pretty old. I and mean, they were saying, oh, the day after tomorrow is today. Has she ever seen that movie? I mean, in the movie. It came out in 2004. Yeah. In yeah. the movie, uh, New York City is like completely covered in ice. We enter like a new ice age. Um, there's like a tidal wave over. Can we, can we move like, D.C. Well, to Mexico or something? Like, yeah. Like, well, come on. Well, if the day after tomorrow is today, then what about the movie yesterday? What's obviously the last week? Okay. I'm just totally confused. But I mean, you talk about fear mong. The day after tomorrow is today. The day after tomorrow. If that's true, we need to evacuate New York City right now. I already left. <laughs> because, well, yeah, a lot of people are evacuating for other reasons. Um, what other cuts do we have to play, uh, Melissa? What What's next? We have I Bernie want to hear from Sanders. Bernie uh, on the U.S. being wealthy. It's always fun listening to him talk. Yeah, let's go ahead. <laughs> We are the wealthiest country in the history of the world, and yet we have the highest child poverty rate of almost any country on earth. So the usual thing I have to respond to Bernie with is, yes, we are the wealthiest country in the world, but there's a reason for that. It's called free market capitalism, and a lot of your policies 
We'll ruin that in the long run. There's a reason why we're wealthy. They kind of just say like, we're just automatically going to be wealthy just because. No, it's America. There's a reason why. And so your policies are going to take us down a bad path. That's what they keep forgetting. Yeah, we didn't get rich by writing a bunch of checks. <laughs> this exactly, exactly. Um, and then there was this exchange with uh, Pete Buttigieg after the Democrats were kind of going after each other. He he tried to be the peacemaker, and then someone called him out on it. Here it is. This is why come presidential on, guys, debates on. are becoming unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, we're, this we're reminds everybody of what they cannot I, stand about Washington. Scoring I, points against each other, poking at each other, and telling each other that, that you're my plan, your plan. Look, we all yeah, That's called a Democratic primary election. <laughs> that's called an election. That's an election. You know, this is what we're here for. It's an election. So Pete Buttigieg is like, um, let's all get along. Was then, that Cory Booker? Uh, no, it was Julian Castro. Yeah, it was Castro. Yeah. That's yeah. why they were calling him mean last night. Oh. But so yeah, Julian Castro comes in and says, we're supposed to argue. This is an election. It's called a debate. Durr. I'm surprised you didn't say man up. <laughs> man up. This is an election. You wimp. So there we go. I, th- I thought that was interesting, but um, he, I mean, Castro's kind of right. That is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, but he was mean. Compete. He was mean to Mayor Pete. He was mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll take your calls and texts if you have any more opinions on the Democrat debate. But first, we have some news. Florida could be in the path of a tropical storm, and attorneys for the Parkland school shooter will be in court this morning. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I am Yaffe filling in for Bud, but Alan Spector is still here to give us Still here, news. yes, I'm still here. I didn't say it like that. That's what it, it sounds to I me. Sort of did, yeah. I'm still, still hanging around. Yeah. I was loitering okay. in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well let him do some news. Oh, well. Put him well, to use. A disturbance in the Atlantic could become a tropical storm and impact Florida this weekend. But first, AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley says the Bahamas will take another hit. It looks like it's actually going to track right through the Bahamas. So we're talking about areas that were severely impacted uh, by Hurricane Dorian earlier this month. Longley says parts of the Bahamas could get as much as 12 inches of rainfall. Then the storm will track toward the Space Coast tomorrow night into Sunday morning. A tropical storm watches up from Jupiter and let north to the Volusia-Flagler County line. Yeah, and Isaac told me that a slight possibility it could become a hurricane before it hits Florida. Let's hope that does not happen. Yeah, I, I don't want it to happen. Anybody here would, who'd like to see that happen? If my, uh, you, no. Believe it or not, if my brother was here, he would want it to happen because he's really into that stuff. Well, I'm glad your brother's not here. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. he doesn't live here anymore. This news brought to you by (laughs) Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More private businesses are stepping up to help rebuild the Bahamas after Hurricane Dorian. With the governor at his side, Johnny Morris, founder of Bass Pro Shops, unveiled a new fundraising initiative. Anglers for the Bahamas that we announced today, fishing for a mission. Our mission is, is very simple and straightforward, and that's to help the wonderful people of the Bahamas. Morris says many of his suppliers are also chipping in to help with the relief effort. Mental illness could be a factor in a former Marine's death in Brevard County. 42-year-old Robert Franklin Jr. was found dead yesterday morning in Palm Bay of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. 
He's also accused of shooting his 72-year-old grandmother and his 17-year-old nephew in a home on Fallon Boulevard, but they survived and are in stable condition. The teenager says his uncle suffered from depression, which got worse after Franklin's father died. The defense team for the Parkland school shooter will be in court later this morning trying to get the lead prosecutor off the job. Nicholas Cruz's attorneys want Broward State Attorney Michael Satz removed from the case for refusing to reconsider the death penalty and because they claim he called Cruz evil worse than Ted Bundy. Defense attorney Mark Iglarch doesn't expect the request to be granted. I think the defense is doing this primarily because you're talking about life or death and you need to do everything that you possibly can to get the best possible outcome. Trial is tentatively set for January. At issue is not whether he's guilty. Cruz has confessed to the shooting. The question is, does he live or die? His attorneys have offered a guilty plea in exchange for life without parole, but only if prosecutors take the death penalty off the table. Wendy Grossman, Miami. UCF will try to go 3-0 and tomorrow. The number 16 Knights will host Stanford at Spectrum Stadium at 3.30. That game will be on ESPN. And Florida opens its SEC schedule at Kentucky at 7 o'clock. You can hear that matchup right here on WFLA, your Gator Nation station. Elsewhere... Popeyes has come up with a solution to its sold-out chicken sandwiches. I saw this. B-Y-O-B, as in bring your own bun. The fast food chain went on Twitter telling customers they can order three chicken tenders and make their own sandwich. (laughs) You know what? I could go to Publix and buy three chicken tenders and a bun and make my own sandwich and never go to Popeyes. Yay, (laughs) smart guy. Fans have been flooding Twitter ever since. And the responses to Popeye's suggestion are, let's say, mixed. The chicken sandwich sold out two weeks after its nationwide debut, and Popeye's promises it's working hard to bring it back. I guarantee people will do it. I, I, it'll happen. They'll bring their own buns. <laughs> I brought my bun. It'll trend put, on Twitter or put something. Put some chicken in it, please. <laughs> A new mystery Oreo will be unveiled on Monday, and guessing the flavor could win you 50 thousand dollars it's been two years since a mystery oreo flavor hit shelves that was fruity pebbles this new edition is already said to smell like cinnamon with a graham cracker taste each pack comes with three clues fans have until november 10th to taste test and submit guesses at mysteryoreo.com and guess what you can make a new guess every day Ooh, how exciting how much yep. is this going to cost me uh nothing mm-hmm. but if- if it has something to do with pumpkin spice, they can uh, keep their $50,000. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Finally, just in time for Mexico's Dia de Muertos, Mattel is releasing a Day of the Dead Barbie. The limited edition Barbie doll is designed to celebrate the Mexican festival during which families pay respects to lost loved ones. Mattel says... Barbie honors the traditions and symbols often seen throughout this time. The Day of the Dead Barbie has an embroidered dress and the traditional skull face painting with details around the eyes and comes with accessories including earrings, shoes, and a butterfly ring. The doll can be found at Walmart and Target for 75 bucks starting today and is expected to sell quickly. We'd like to know again, what was the name of that holiday? Uh, Dia de Muertos. 
Nice. Okay. Yeah. Is that good? I see your Spanish coming out very well. Uh, okay. That better. I Buenos just... dias, Kelly. <laughs> Claro, <laughs> just... Alan. <laughs> I, I just like that Alan Spector once again has another Barbie update for us. Yeah, he's really into the Barbie dolls. He'll <laughs> blame it on his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, my granddaughter plays with Barbie dolls. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Find more on these stories and my obsession with Barbie dolls on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. So there's one James Bond who is saying that the next James Bond should be a girl. Is it Sean Connery? No, it's not Sean Connery. He don't, would never say such a thing. Don't give it away. <laughs> Can't you tell he's doing a tease? Oh, it's a... Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we're just... Uh, don't interrupt the tease. Ruining the radio magic. Stop. So, <laughs> so, do you agree, though, that the next James Bond should be a girl? I have an interesting piece from Matt Walsh in the Daily Wire who says, No! We'll tell you why in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Another news update for you right now. The superintendent of Polk County Schools is trying to reassure parents after video of a school beating spread online. Jacqueline Bird responded yesterday to the video that shows a student beating a 12-year-old boy at Blake Academy this week while classmates cheered. Bird says the attacker was suspended for 10 days and she hopes parents understand these incidents are not acceptable. Meanwhile, the victim's mom says she wants the attacker expelled and prosecuted. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes here on WFLA. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. So should James Bond be a woman? Now, it was released that the next 007 is going to be a woman, kind of a sequel to the current James Bond but she's not going to be called James Bond. It's not the same character. It's kind of a, like I said, an extenuation of the story just with a woman as W 007. But it's very interesting because a previous James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, who played James, I liked him as James Bond, actually, even though Die Another Day was a terrible, terrible James Bond movie, but he was good in Golden Eye and Tomorrow Never Dies. He actually commented on this recently. Um, he said, basically... Uh, he he was asked if a James Bond should be a girl. He says, yes, I think we've watched the guys do it for the last 40 years. Get out of the way, guys, and put a woman up there. I think it would be exhilarating. It would be exciting. Do you agree? Text to 23680. I was reading an interesting piece from Matt Walsh in the Daily Wire talking about this. This is what he said. He said, this is, of course, the only answer Brosnan is allowed to give, of course. Does he finally find the prospect of a politically correct gender swap James Bond exhilarating? I tend to doubt it. But he had a metaphorical gun in his head, sadly. He was not as courageous under fire as he was in Goldeneye. I think Matt Walsh is right here. One can only imagine the spasms of feminist outrage that would have ensued if Brosnan had sighed in exasperation and told women to go make... <laughs> go make their own spy franchise. He said what he had to say in order to s- escape with his career and reputation and intact. So that appears to be, um, I-, I think he's right about this. 
But he says um, basically here that um, he says leftists understand the arguments against a female bond, even if they pretend otherwise. After all, these are the same people who react with sincere anger when Asian, Arab or black characters are portrayed by white people. And if an iconic female character were ever played by a man, we all know the outrage would be of nuclear proportions. Matt Walsh continues here. I suspect feminists would be ready for armed revolution if Dorothy became Derek in The Wizard of Oz. I think he's right. He says there have been slightly different versions of James Bond through the decades, but two demographic details remain essential to the character, his sex and his nationality. James Bond must be a Brit and he must be male. Both his Britishness and his maleness are defining acts of his personality and scene presence. Bond is a dapper, charming, resourceful, chauvinistic man, somewhat chauvinistic man. That's the whole point of the character. It's what makes him iconic. It's true. I, I tend to agree. It says you can make, sure, you can make James Bond an enlightened feminist, and you can make Indiana Jones morbidly obese and Darth Vader sensitive and in touch with his feelings, but these wouldn't be changes to the characters such as they would be creations of entirely new characters. He says, that's fine. Go ahead and create new characters. Hollywood could use a few of those, but new characters need to build their own fan bases and excite the interests of the public themselves. If a female character has to borrow relevance and reliability or relatability from the male characters and be replaced, that's a good sign that she's too weak and bland to justify the switch in the first place. So he's basically making the point here, Alan, that James Bond, it's not that we're against a woman secret agent or something, but when you're talking about replacing James Bond with a woman, you're totally changing the nature of the character of James Bond why can't we just keep it a man and create another story where the, you know, the secret agent is a woman? Well, you know, in the new Bond film, uh, No Time to Die, I believe, is what the, uh, the title of the film is that's coming out next year. Um, James Bond is retired yeah. at the beginning of the movie, and there's a new 007 played by an African-American female, Lashana Lynch. But she is not James Bond. Yeah. She's just taking on 007. And James Bond is a man, and Barbara Broccoli, who's the uh, producer, uh, the daughter of Cubby Broccoli, who uh, really uh, got the film started back in the 60s, um, she's, she has always said James Bond is a man. That's it. Yeah, I tend to agree. What do you, you think? Melissa, you have a thought? Yeah, I haven't had uh, seen so much uproar since Roger Moore and Grace Jones got together in A View to a Kill. <laughs> okay. I'm serious. Wow, going way back there then. was a lot of uproar in that one. Yep. Yeah, sure. I went back to 1985. Mm, I can do that. <laughs> oh, it was a year before I was born. But, uh, yeah. Quiet. <laughs> it's a great theme song by Duran Duran. I know. View to a kill. Number yeah. one hit. I, know, I, I love, love that. the stabs in that. <laughs> seriously, what do you think, though, Melissa? <laughs> Uh, seriously, I don't. Uh, well, if it's described as you said, I think they should have retired 007's number. Uh, even in, you mean in the next one? Yeah, I mean, instead of just putting another uh, agent in in 007, mm-hmm. they should have retired. I mean, come on, the history of James I Bond. Have, I have a feeling at some point James Bond will get back the 007. Yeah, in the, in the next movie. It sounds like that's where they're going with it. So that should be pretty interesting. We'll talk more about this and have traffic and weather together in two minutes here on WFLA. 
Updating a sports story for you right now. UCF will try to go 3-0 tomorrow. I should say they will go 3-0 tomorrow. Yeah, the come on. <laughs> the number 16 Knights will host Stanford at Spectrum Stadium at 3.30. The game UCF. will be televised UCF. on ESPN. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. So in the last segment, we were talking about the fact that Pierce Brosnan, former James Bond character, uh, actor, played James Bond in GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. Got them all right. Very there. good. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Die Another Day was a terrible movie, which is why they ended up getting rid of him as Bond, I think. Yeah, that, that went, went went off the rails about midway through that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, With exactly. the invisible car. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad stuff. <laughs> oh, man. And some horrible CGI in that movie. But he came out and said that it's time for guys to get out of the way and have a woman play James Bond. Um, we all kind of agreed that we don't think it's a good idea. If you want to have a different spy movie with a woman, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But why change the original character? We actually had some texts on this, uh, Melissa. Yeah, um, Bob uh, checked in. He said, if it's a female, they won't pay her that much, will they? Oh, so that's why they want to do it, <laughs> the gender pay gap. All right. Another one says, what if she meets a villain like the character Jaws? Yeah, I guess he's referencing the fact that Jaws is a really large man. Very well, large. Jaws is larger yeah. than James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. true. I mean, you can all, I mean, he'll still be taken down by a gun. <laughs> it doesn't matter who has the gun, I guess. <laughs> oh, here's one in here. It says, Alan cracks me up. <laughs> That's my favorite text of the morning. Oh, she likes you. Finally to oh, the that, point. <laughs> wow, that number looks familiar. Yeah, is that <laughs> Alan texting Alan. Uh, Alan Altamont, I like Alan. He's very funny. Uh, what would the female 007's name be? Someone asked. I thought you already told us what the agent's name, or at least the char- uh, the gal that's playing the character's name is. Well, the gal playing the character is Lashana Lynch in the new movie, mm-hmm. and she has the number 007, but she is not James Bond. James Bond is still in the movie, played by Daniel Craig. As I said, as the movie opens, he's retired. Ooh. Therefore, the number became available. And yet another texter says, in some movies like Wonder Woman, a woman actor's perfect and welcomed. Don't water down the iconic character of James Bond. Yeah, why can't a man play Wonder Woman? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking. <laughs> uh, uh, why not? <laughs> I think you should oh, try out for the part, Alan. That was the best part of the show. <laughs> um, speaking of James Bond, I feel like uh, one of the Democrat candidates might be a James Bond villain and what he wants to do to get attention for himself. And that's Andrew Yang. He had an original idea at the debate last night. Here's what he said, if you have that cut for me, Melissa. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families, someone watching this at home right now. If you believe that you can solve your own problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com and tell us how $1,000 a month will help you do just that. So he literally is just buying votes, I guess. We're not Uh, even... Beating around the bush anymore with I'm this I'm going to take caller nine. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. Caller number nine. So I appreciate you listening to the show. I will be back Monday, and I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you, and God bless America. Catch you next time.